Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Unite podcast. This is a very special episode as this is our playoff episode. Uh, we've expanded the roster once more. We have a jam-packed uh, selection of panelists uh, where we're going to talk about all things playoffs right before the game one of Toronto-Montreal, uh, the series that really I feel like everyone is invested in, uh, even though they're not all of our respective teams. Um, go ahead and uh, I guess introduce everyone. Welcome to the playoff bonanza episode as we will uh alvaro is the only least fan i guess it's only fair to let you go first since you might suffer the most amount of pain this spring <laughs> well usually there's there's pain every spring so thank you uh yes i am the resident least fan and uh yeah I, I probably will start a gofundme once this is all said and done uh to fund my uh psychi- psychiatric help that i will need inevitably Oh, sorry. Was there some? Do you want me to add to that? Like, go Leafs, I mean, <laughs> I'll go sorry. next. I, I, I'm Adam. I'm excited to play after here, and I'm looking forward to talk about it. I'll go next. Uh, I'm a Habs fan, and that is, I've been a Habs fan since. Well, my dad tried to make me a Habs fan when I was a kid, but I think he tried to force it on me. And then as soon as he stopped, I became a Habs fan, probably like 2004. They won the cup when I was six. And uh, hopefully, I'm 33 now. Hopefully, this is the year. (laughs) (laughs) I should pass it on. Charles. So, hi, I'm Charles. Uh, I am not a lifelong Habs fan like Randy is. Uh, Recent conversion. Uh, in honor of my late father, who uh, grew up in the heyday of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I am a mild hockey historian, and I'm just looking forward to a good season of playoff hockey. I'm cold. I am not neither of those fans. Ottawa Senators all the way. Uh, I am born to hate the Leafs. Always have been, always will. I live in Peterborough, where it is all Leafs everywhere. So I wear that since Jersey proud outside, even though we're not in the playoffs. That's okay. Montreal. Oh, so, you didn't have to end it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I will Do you say, wear a Spezza jersey at least? <laughs> Never. I, I will say Adam <laughs> graced us with a playoff beard. I'm sure that's exactly why you grew the beard. Um, it's true. Uh, your uh, your secondary team is Colorado, and they seem to be chugging along, uh, doing pretty well against St. Louis. Uh, is that playoff beard in honor of Colorado? I can say it is, but it isn't. This is just kind of uh, COVID-19, not seeing anybody. Let's not shave and see what it looks like before I actually have to see people if I like it or not. But uh, yeah. That's a good yeah. excuse. So we might as well just jump into the Canadian uh, the North Division last night, Edmonton, Winnipeg uh, started off the North Division playoffs. Uh, I guess kind of surprising Winnipeg came out. Now two of those goals were empty nets. Um, so it was a very tight match as expected for uh, the first period. Uh, what are your takeaways uh, from uh, last night's Edmonton-Winnipeg game? 
surprised that Edmonton didn't show up really uh, was my first kind of reaction. Um, it was pretty lackluster. I was, I was watching in hopes of seeing some high flying, you know, some uh, really high quality hockey and didn't really get that. Um, the Jets played well. They, they played their game. Um, Dominic Toninato is random kind of surprise. I think he played like three games in the regular season. So good for him, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. I think Edmonton didn't do enough like to bother Hellebuck. I, I do think a lot of playoff games do come down to the, the star players and Hellebuck can be and is a star goaltender. And if Edmonton wants to be successful, like you need to bother him more. Like a lot of the thing, shots he faced when I watched this guy, like, eh, like there's stops he should make. Like they weren't making it hard enough. So a little disappointed with Edmonton in a, but it's the first game. It's early. Yeah, like you said, Adam, it is early. I'm not too worried. I mean, they looked a little sluggish, but I I can see uh, McDavid start to uh, hype it up a bit in game two, hopefully. Because that was a little surprising the end finish, but we'll see what we get next game. Yeah, I was expecting a little bit more high flying, kind of like everything everyone else was. A little bit more, you know, Shifley Wheeler going constantly toe to toe with McDavid Drysidel, uh, and right to Adam's point, Hellbuck had way too easy of a night. He maybe two or three difficult saves, but not enough to really break a sweat over. So. I mean, I'm actually a little surprised. I figured Winnipeg, you know, the last time we saw them really make a run uh, in 2018 when, when they lost in the, the conference finals to the Golden Knights, they were a juggernaut, and everyone thought they have they were going to be a juggernaut for years to come. Uh, no more Bufflin, no more Myers, uh, no more Patrick Laine. Uh, I was not expecting them to actually keep up with Edmonton and, and attract me, but they, they turned it from a track meet into a trench war, which definitely favors the, the Jets, so good on them, and Way to catch everyone by surprise. Yeah, I think uh, in my memory, Winnipeg's a great team. I feel like they ended kind of poorly, and it's given this weird vision of them being the weak team going into this matchup. But their team has not changed much since they were dominant, and they're still all there. And honestly, I my memory of Edmonton in the playoffs is I'm pretty sure they lost to Chicago in the playing rounds. Uh, and... <laughs> They've got to they've got to do something because it's not they're they're also not a very different team and um, look like that last night. I do like the idea that a goalie can uh, steal the series though with Hellebuck. Just gonna say that is Edmonton the Baltimore Ravens of the NHL. You know, year after year, Baltimore did great in the regular season and then they just Lamar Jackson Baltimore couldn't win a playoff game until this past season is Edmonton facing that same scrutiny you know juggernauts in the regular season they have McDavid Dreisaitl all the key players every piece is theoretically there and like you like you said Randy last year everyone was like whoa you lost to Chicago are you kidding me like and this year come out very very flat against a a team everyone thought you know would played very well in the regular season deserved to be in the playoffs but really should be easily handled by Edmonton. And last night just did not show that same character. Are they heading down a dangerous path that they've been every single year lately? 
Absolutely. Uh, star players only take losing so much. Take a look at Buffalo. The bunch of guys want out, and that's just not even making the playoffs. They better start winning, you know, a playoff round or two if they want to keep Connor McDavid. Some of that, you know, a lot of that falls on the players themselves too. You know, the star players have to be star players at key times. And McDavid and Drysaddle just weren't enough of that against Chicago last year in the play-in round. So they, in order for the, the Oilers to be relevant past round one, those two have to take the series over. But the, they are heading down a, a very, very hard path if they don't step it up this series. This, this is a make or break for them, in my mind. Yeah, you used uh, the Baltimore Ravens as like a football parallel, but there's like an NHL parallel that actually won the cup last year. And Tampa, they they had such a strong team for years and years, and it was like they're going to lose these players, Stamkos, Hedman, if they just can't get past and, you know, get the get the prize they're all looking for. And, hey, they stuck together. The thing is, Tampa's a little different than Edmonton. It's kind of a nice place to live even if you're losing <laughs> no offense to Edmonton, but it's not florida there's no yeah, state fair. tax there's no nothing you know you go to florida and you, you make all your money and you yeah. win cool if not you got a jet ski i mean <laughs> exactly yeah, i think the uh, tampa bay example is is pretty spot on too because uh year after year they were kind of bounced uh when they should have you know when they had the the chance to just steamroll Columbus, uh, they were swept. Um, and then the next year, they're over the hump. It was kind of similar in a lot of ways to like uh, Washington too, right? Like year after year, they were like, oh, well, they're in the conversation. They're in the conversation, but they're not quite meeting uh, where their expectations are. And then one year, they just went all the way. And, and that might be what it'll take for Edmonton. Um, they're young guys too, and it's a, it's a huge learning curve, I'm sure. I'm not sure of like the locker room. You know, there's a lot of talk of like oh, morale boosters and and team leaders and the intangibles. I don't really know who would step up in that kind of locker room. Um, but uh, Edmonton, they're definitely going to need to come out with uh, with some sort of better effort as a whole. And it can't just it can't just be Connor and and Leon. Um, you know there are other good players on the team. I mean, Puljujarvi had a pretty good game, so good for him for his first uh, NHL playoff game. But there's going to need to be a lot more of that from the rest of the lineup too. I don't think Edmonton's in a bad spot. Like I don't think not winning the Stanley Cup is kind of like if you're always in the conversation of you could be a Stanley Cup contender i do think players like like that and that's what they're looking for i think it's only dangerous if they like get swept this year or like if they make it to the second or third round and then or even the second round and then they lose in a seven game series to toronto or something like two high scoring teams it can be like well sometimes you get bad matchups or i don't think Connor's going to be like i'm going to walk because we didn't win the stanley cup this year or i'm going to demand a trade or whatever but if they get swept, you you could see that starting to set in a little bit, being like, here we go again. Like, Dreisaitl and McDavid had amazing seasons this year, and we still can't win a playoff series. Yeah. I think the difference, yeah, too, it, between Tampa and uh, Edmonton is Tampa ownership or 
GM kept making splashes the deadline, big ones, without giving up too much. And he could continuously do that and give his players like hope that they're actually going for it. Whereas I I tried to Google it quick while we were talking, but I don't think Edmonton really did anything this year. And it's just stuff. They've got to make some moves, I think, in times like that when they have a team like this. Do are they in trouble if they go down 0-2? Like if they have if they come out flying and lose an overtime game, say tomorrow night, uh, are are they in trouble or is it still manageable being down two games or is it dependent on the type of game two they have? If they come out flat again and lose, is it like oh like very deflating or is it worse to have a good game but lose in overtime and still be down o two? Is it is one better than the other, or is it like we need to win game two and be back level to feel confident? I think Edmonton would feel confident either way. Like with the skill they have, even if you're down 2 obviously you don't want it. But like they can still be like, we can win four games in a row, but with however many they need to win there. Um I think more dangerous would be if like Hellbuck shuts them, if they have a really good game and Hellbuck shuts them out and McDavid and Dreisaitl and, or, or even if they don't get shut out, but if their top scores get held off the score sheet again, it, it could be a worrisome thing. And then if Winnipeg gets Dubois back later in the series or something like it could happen. I think the top players have strong mental toughness. I don't necessarily buy into a lot of the whole, they're down 0-2, everyone has no morale, and they pack it in. But Plenty of teams have yeah. come back being down 0-2, so losing the game itself won't hurt them. But, you know, Adam touched on it, and Justin, you touched on it at the tail end of your question. It's how they're going to lose that game and what happens will dictate. If Connor McDavid has 15 shots on goal, hits a few posts, gets held off the scoreboard, but they lose 2-1 to one overtime, I think they're going to be – just fine, and they, they won't have any cause to worry. But if they come out totally flat, it could be a problem. Yeah, I imagine they come out totally flat, and then for game three, uh, Winnipeg gets Ehlers back, or, you know, <laughs> it, it's just like it could be a very bad narrative at that point, uh, and Dubois comes back or whatever, like, then you're you're really starting to shoot yourself in the foot because these are games that they have a better chance to win than probably the rest of the series. Uh, so if they if they show at least a little bit of that effort and show uh, the types of flash that we've seen all season long from from Edmonton, then they're they're probably still going to be uh, in the conversation of having a chance. And I think this year alone too with how many times they've played each other over the year, only Canadian teams. If they happen to go down 0-2, they get back, or Ellers comes back, that'll definitely play such a big factor because they know their game. They've played each other so many times this year versus other years. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic too. You've played teams at least eight times, sometimes ten and like so you're you're no stranger anymore you didn't play you know the the four usual games that you play a year and like okay so you've already played each other in double digits and then you play at least four more or up to seven that's a lot of face-to-face against one team 
uh, in a year. So it's going to be really interesting, especially come the Toronto Montreal series already a rivalry. You already play each other four times a year. Normally now you've played each other nine times and you get to play each other at least nine or four to seven more. So the bad blood is already there. I think what was missing from the Edmonton Winnipeg series, I think will not be missing at all tonight come Toronto, Montreal, the series we really all kind of are waiting for. Are you going to be shocked if a team comes out flat tonight? Or do you think it's going to be sparks flying? Or do you think the first period will be kind of that typical playoff feeling each other out? And then we get kind of the the fireworks in the second. I think to your point, uh, I'll be actually quite surprised if um, if they do start to have like that feeling each other out because they have been feeling each other out all season long, right? Like uh, almost a fifth of the season was played against the same team. And, and in particular, this two these two teams against each other played 10 games or nine or 10 games. That's a lot. That's a lot more than you would normally in a regular season. Um, even if you were to take account uh, a playoff round against each other. So I don't know if it's necessary to feel each other out at this point. Uh, you pretty well know who you're up against. Um, in a lot of ways, like Paul Maurice was, was saying in his press conference, like, you know, Leon's a pretty good guy, a pretty good player too. Cause everyone was talking about McDavid. Like they know, they know who's on the other side. Um, and the trade deadline wasn't like, at least for Toronto and Montreal, it's not like there was like a huge big splash of like, like a Taylor Hall that came over that, Oh, now we, there's a guy that we don't know or an element that we're not familiar with as much. Um, but uh, I, I'm hoping at least that it'll be uh, an exciting game for all of the 60 minutes all the way through. Yeah. Especially because the, like the wait has been there. Like, they, yeah, they played each other like nine, ten times, but they've waited to play and start for like a week now. Well, all the other playoff games have been already going. So I feel like they're just going to get right into it. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a, a little pause at all, feel each other out at all. I don't think we'll see a a start like we did with the Rangers and the, the Capitals there near the end of the regular season. <laughs> Don't think we'll quite see three fights right off the opening face, but uh, you know, I I don't see any waiting in. I don't see any sort of you know uh, boxers jab jab and sort of just trying to feel each, feel each other's game out. Uh, barring a collapse by one team in the first thirty minutes, uh, this is going to be a track meet or a Tyson Ali kind of fight. You know that, that never happened, but you know Holyfield Ali. Some, some big slugfest fight that we would have loved to have seen. Uh, I, I, that's what I'm expecting tonight. Why Why do you think that Cofield was held out from Montreal there? I recently saw that. He, he was, I don't know. I, I liked him in the end of regular season. But... Well, the, Ducharme actually had a pretty good press conference there the other day. He was talking, and then several reporters asked him why you know, certain players were being held out, Caulfield. Kakinami, uh, Romanoff, uh, he made he made a pretty good point. You go with what brought you, and Caulfield only played a few games, so I'm I'm actually okay with him sitting out. You know, let him watch the first game a little bit. Uh, 
the Habs went out and picked up Corey Perry in the offseason. They went out and got Eric Stahl just ahead of the trade deadline for this situation exactly. Their playoff experience. Both are Stanley Cup champions. Both have long, long pedigrees in the postseason. So put them in the lineup. Put your experience there. And then if need be, game two, game three, you shake it up with some youth. You don't, you don't keep trying to hammer a, a bent nail further into the wall. It just makes it much harder to deal with afterwards. Take it out, let get a fresh nail, so to speak, and try and drive it into the wall straight in the first time. It makes your life a lot easier. So I'm, I'm okay with this move. That's straight uh, words out of his mouth, I think, when he was referring to Kakanyemi, the hammer and nail one. Uh, at this point, like you said, it's Eric Stahl or Kakanyemi at center. And you got to go with this Stanley Cup winner for now. And and at the end of the day, one of the, another thing Ducharme mentioned is he's played 57 games, and this will be his first one, I think they said him. So that's 57 of 58 games straight. Yeah. It's not so bad to sit up. He might play game two. Who knows how it goes if they win? Probably not. But if they lose, he could be right back in the lineup. I think Jake Evans is a guy who you might ask why why him instead. But I think his role is very different on the team because he's got more of like a defensive hitting, maybe fourth line role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, that fourth line was lights out the last few games of the season. They were scoring shorthanded. They were leading the charge there. I love Jake uh, I'm, Evans. I'm, I'm fine with Jake Evans. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess now comes, uh, I guess to get into it, um, how do you guys feel about the long wait? Did you feel like the the Calgary-Vancouver games should have played? Uh, like, we've been starving. Yeah, you know, America, we love to watch playoff hockey. A lot of people do in Canada, but it's always that, when there's a Canadian game on any Canadian team around Canada, it's there's something different in the air. If it's your team, it's definitely something major different in the air. You get a pep in your step, you get excited, you get butterflies. So for almost a week now, we've been kind of twiddling our thumbs being like, Oh yeah, cool. Look at all these. Yeah. Boston, Washington. That's cool. Tampa, Florida. It's a good series, but I want, you know, our teams what did they have to play i mean i know they had to but <laughs> they, there was no playoff implications once everything was settled it was kind of like oh wow like viewership was way down for those last games i, I don't understand why that stalled the canadian playoffs from starting what what's the logic there is that the reason I mean, that the canadian like the end of the season had to finish for them that didn't have to finish for, for the rest of the league <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, all, it almost felt like the <laughs> two NBA. different leagues for a while the nba <laughs> round two of the nba would start and there'd still be round one games happening and it's like it that always yeah. felt weird to me and this mm -hmm. is exactly what it felt like to me i i, I never quite understood in any sense business or why it's like who who cares are, are you really Definitely making strange for that much money pools. yeah right like I have to pick my playoffs. I just, you know, way before all the games start, like some guy might be beating, beating me like in points in the playoff pool when my players, you know, <laughs> have you a week like off. Games played. They haven't played a game <laughs> in what a week, week and a half. Like, yeah, I don't see why the, the Vancouver Calgary games couldn't be a one o'clock afternoon game. 
and the Jets, Oilers, and Leafs Habs could have started days ago. There, there were playoff games that were at 1 p.m. and then the Vancouver Calgary yeah. was at like, you know, prime time, evening time, and it's like, why? It's playoff Canada, playoffs yeah. in Canada. People want to watch that prime time game. Everyone complains about a 1 p.m. playoff game because it's not at night. So, <laughs> this I'd is love to perfect- see the viewership. And I'd like to ask them a couple questions. Who was watching those games? Exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't tune in. I didn't bet any money. Like I didn't do anything. I was like, oh, and the players barely tuned in. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a snooze fest. Let's be real. No one yeah. can watch. A lot of the taxi squad, right? Like, who cares? Uh, exactly. But I think a, a lot of it's just like the the TV rights, you know. Yeah. Uh, distribution yeah it's like everyone's trying to make up for uh, for lost revenue so any little bit that they can get but at the same time like why not reschedule it um away from competing with other playoff games that other people uh, people could be watching um well whether you have like nhl network or whatever package you have to be able to catch all the games if you don't have a blackout to deal with other stupid crtc bullshit rules but is it beyond me? Really, I just swear on this podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Probably should have asked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I assumed. You know, swear words just come out across the the seven different countries that listen to this podcast. I'm sure it all translates. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what countries? That's amazing. Uh, whoa. Let me bring it. So I know U.S., Canada, uh, U.K., Ireland, uh, Hong Kong, Sweden, and I believe South Africa was the latest country to pop. Nice, represent. You know, good luck to the South African hockey team going into Division Three World Championships. Hopefully, you know they keep going between Division Two and Division Three. So. That's incredible. Right on. Oh, Germany. I forgot Germany. I can't forget okay. the Germans and Australia. I forgot all two very big countries in the Aussie, in geography. No idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Clearly there's some <laughs> hockey fan in Australia that caught on to this podcast. And I have a friend in the Australian hockey league. It's, they've got their own awesome. pro league over there for sure. They yeah. do. It's uh, I'd say it's bigger than the British Hockey League, or at least more recognized. The which is shout out to, to Robbie Hazelhurst. Shout out, Robbie! You want to come on this podcast? See, there's always a spot for you. Time zone be a little wonky, but yeah, we'll it might be a little wonky. Uh, you know what? I this I've been in a, a conference all week with talking with people all over the world. So uh, why not? I'm. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. groomed for it at this point. Nice. But uh, yeah, what do we expect from game one? Uh, is this, do we think both series will live up to the usual hype that any Canadian team faces? Or is one series, I guess, quote unquote, going to be a snoozer compared to the other one? And people might take a night off when uh that other series is is taking place uh do we expect this series to be the the main attraction if you will for round one how could it not be yes 40 yeah, years since they played the first time since the 79 that they've played each other like uh, that just sad. writes itself i believe it's almost a given and the other jets and edmonton are just kind of there on the other night i feel 
There are some amazing first round big. playoffs. Boston, Washington, for example. That's that's crazy to me. Those two are playing in the first round. Yeah. Love like, it though. Boston, yeah. that's been an entertaining one. I was super excited for Panthers Lightning the first time in all Florida playoff. Uh, you know, a little yeah. disappointed that they, you know, Tampa is up 2-0. I kind of have a soft spot for Florida whenever they're promising. Um, ever since the you know 95 cup run. Uh, you know, I enjoyed Carolina. Not a big I didn't think Nashville would give them much of a a push. Uh, but outside of, uh, I guess, Canada, what has been your favorite series to watch? Oh, Adam, for me. <laughs> well, that's a but, shocker. <laughs> but that's also... That's a like, good one, too, yeah. I think Colorado's oh, an good exciting one. team. Like, McKinnon mm-hmm. is just... He's nuts, especially in the playoffs. Like, he's one of those, like, beast mode type players, I feel like, that can take over a series. And uh, he's doing that. Um, uh, like... I think he he had a hat trick. I think he has like five points in the two games or seven. something. Seven points. There it is. In That's the crazy. That's wild. They've been liking comparing him, showing showing points per game playoff stats every every game, like every point he gets. It's like first is Gretzky, second I think is Lemieux, and then third McKinnon, and then I think Bobby Orr and Messier four and fifth. But like. Well, it's crazy. Also, a very high-scoring team. If you look at the last like three or four years in the playoffs, like the top four playoff scorers are McKinnon, Kucherov, Rantanen, and Point. Point. Yeah. And Colorado insane. hasn't left the second round of the playoffs in any of those years. Most of those points from Kucherov came last playoff run. He had like 32, and he has 40 total in the last since 2018 or something. So um, it, it it should be a good. Colorado's an exciting team to watch. Lots of young guys. I think we touched on it a little during the last podcast. Um, and now there's the additional thing with the Dirty Padre hit that just happened in the last game. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that affects the rest of the series. Like, Padre's, I don't know if he's gone for the whole series, but I, I think he kind of might be. Um, well, they, are, they offered him an in-person hearing, so which means they have the option to suspend him more than five games. Yeah. So I will see how he's back this series at all. So, well, is he considered a repeat offender? Because I think yeah, repeat yes. offender is like one year and a half. Has he been uh, suspended in the last uh, couple of years? Well, it's the, um, the last two with Toronto. Yeah, the last one was Toronto. That was a couple of years ago, though. Because that, that's how weird the whole, like, that's what the Tom Wilson incident at the end of the season taught me is that repeat offender doesn't actually mean repeat offender. It means repeat offender within the last, like, I think it's a year and a half to two years. So which... his demerit points got reset, and basically, yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> cool rules, I guess. But um, it was pretty. It was a pretty dirty hit. Yeah. In the, in the uh, public even... eye, he's a repeat offender, but that's the, and that's gonna, the Tom Wilson thing. All the flack that the NHL got for just finding him, and then the night after, someone got suspended for a cross check for one game, and you're like. You know, you yeah. bash a guy's head Kuchinavich. into the ice, you get fined uh, peanuts, you cross-check a guy and he slides into the boards, you get a game. Like, where's the... Consistency? Yeah. There is none. No. But that, that will come back to bite Kadri in the ass. Unfortunately, he's going to get the book thrown at him because yeah. the NHL needs to make a, a sacrificial lamb here. After that, after the Wilson incident? Yeah. 
with the first one in the playoffs happening, like the first like big questionable hit, I think so. Unfortunately. Kadri's always great. in that unfortunate position where he's a name recognized player, maybe because he played for Toronto, but it's not like a super superstar that not saying the NHL gives them lesser suspensions, but like they could throw the book at him and it wouldn't be like removing Crosby from the whole playoffs or something. Where it's like, look, here's a big player, not super big, but big. It's unfortunate. He's a super skilled player. Uh, he really doesn't need to play that way. Um, you could say all you want about how it's a fast moving game, but when you're that skilled and that fast and you're able to react that quickly to passes or to tip ins and, I don't see how the logic stands that you can't also react the same way to lower your body. So you don't directly target the head. Um, I still like the guy still wish he was a leaf, but that's been part of his game. That's not always, uh, it's not always uh, suited for, uh, especially when you, when you need a guy like that in your team on the play in the playoffs, uh, it feels like he's just putting himself ahead of the team a lot of the times, which, I really don't think is his character, but that's what he's coming across as. It sucks. Um, two, points, two points on that one, Alvaro. Uh, number one, it's that argument of, you know, about how players sometimes will say, oh, I didn't know where I was on the ice. I, 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 some, I seem to recall Zidane Chera saying the same thing when he tried to kill Max Pacioretty <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. So uh, I, I didn't buy it then, and I don't buy from Kadri now, unfortunately. Um and the last point there about Kadri's play, taking him on the team and hurting him, putting himself first. Uh, I seem to recall a lot of people saying the same thing about a certain rat in Boston who turned himself into a 30-goal scorer. So we know you, you can change your way of play and become far more valuable to your team. Uh, it just seems that some people have thicker heads and don't hear the message. Just a small point on the repeat offender status. Um, that shouldn't affect the sentencing that he gets because I thought repeat offending only affected how much salary they forfeit because if you're it affects both so I thought if you were a repeat offender your salary is prorated based off of the games and if you're not a repeat offender it's prorated based off of days like the 200 or whatever that the season is over but if you're also a repeat offender they can throw the book at you a lot harder but they yes the suspension goes up to I think Especially playoffs. I feel like yeah. they make more of like a stance on it. Especially since there's no salary in the playoffs. Or so penalties. You can really only offend, yeah. uh, take offense by like the amount of games you're removed from. They need, to, they need to set an example on what you can and can't do because the refs are barely calling anything. Yeah. So it's like, wait, whoa, we're letting you get away with everything. Don't try and kill each other. <laughs> we're already letting you get away with everything come on out of the game yeah. yes it's been surprising i haven't seen as many power plays as I, as I thought it was so far through the first opening week of the playoffs oh that's a surprise i'm not surprised at all i that always happens. i expect the refs to put their their uh, whistles away pretty well as soon as puck drops uh players get away with murder and a lot of the times it is those dirty boston players it's not just one of them but uh mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But no, last year during the play, and I seem to recall quite a few, especially my series versus Pittsburgh, there was a lot of power plays, especially the first few games. I think Montreal wound mm-hmm. up with like 15 power plays through four games. Well, that was the, the NHL playoffs, but not the 
well, Stanley the play Cup playoffs. The play-in. Play-in. I seem to recall, I just, maybe it's my own, I'm not imagining it. Maybe, you know, just the way that the season, last season ended and that the season's gone. I seem to recall a lot more whistles happening in the play-in series and throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs last year than what I've seen so far this year. That's possible. Oh, no, yeah, I'd like to see a stat on that. Maybe the refs were trying to help Montreal through. <laughs> it's more. Yeah, it's did. way more interesting to have the 24th seed in the playoffs. They did it on both Western and Eastern Conference. Uh, we, we didn't need to go past Pittsburgh. We had Carey Price, and he, yeah. he shut I'm the not helping my up. case. I'm a Habs fan, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> What's under that jersey? This is a video podcast, so you're going to have to remind everyone. <laughs> I'm wearing a uh, Habs jersey with my name on it. <laughs> my name He's on it because... <laughs> I won't prove it. It's probably it's like my wife's jersey. <laughs> so out of the the playoff series that have commenced, uh, minus the one last night between Winnipeg and Edmonton, is there one that you kind of forgot that was happening and like we should kind of highlight? Uh, I feel like the ones in the Western side, I completely forgot that Vegas was playing Minnesota. And then I remembered that yeah. Minnesota won the first game. I was like, huh. And that was my thought. And then again, I forgot about it. And the series is tied one-one. So good for Vegas winning the game. Uh, you know, they probably should be winning that series. But uh, is that the series that we're kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot about that one? I think you're 100 percent right, Justin. Because you know, you, you look on paper, yeah, Minnesota, they they can play against Vegas, but it's Vegas. They've been a contending team since day one. They came into the league, everyone, myself included, I thought this was going to be a four-game sweep because of how Vegas was rolling heading into the playoffs. And then they get shut out in game one. Uh, it's good, good on Minnesota for that shutout. But, yeah, I, you kind of forget about that one because it doesn't. there's no sexiness to that one. Montreal and Toronto have got sex appeal written all over them. There's, in that division, there is the little bit of sex appeal, I guess, of Flurry like, reclaiming like the number one goalie spot and Fleury's had an amazing year this year, like amongst all the goaltenders. And I, I think last year, everyone kind of wrote him off like, Oh, he's old Leonard's coming up. And then this year it's like, Oh, he played the majority of the game and he played very, very well. So there's, if not sexiness, there's interest there, but I would agree. Minnesota, like they're called the mild for a reason. Like they're just kind of like, eh, for the last little while. The kind of interesting. Wild. Forgot about that one. Uh, Leonard Leonard getting injured is kind of the reason Flurry had a resurgence mm-hmm. because I don't think they would have given him the opportunity like that had he uh, hadn't had he not shown he still got it for that little short period of time that Leonard was out. Actually, kind of a long period of time, and it really killed my playoff pool because uh, the guy who had Flurry, man, did he go off. As this year, <laughs> but, I oh, think it oh, says oh. a lot about Flurry. Eh? Like, sorry, go you can go ahead. I was just gonna. I forgot the topic. It was a, a series you forgot. And actually, when you mentioned a series you forgot, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is gonna be about Nashville, Carolina. And you said you said <laughs> Vegas, Minnesota. I was like, oh, I didn't even remember that existed. <laughs> exactly the point. <laughs> There was one goal through like five periods of that that series. It was brutal. Finally, some scoring in the halfway through the second and third period. My God, I still find it more fun to watch though that Edmonton. I mean, uh, Carolina, Nashville. I don't know what that is about me, but 
it's just see, great seeing Carolina doing so well now and can easily sweep that series. Like they're not even a challenging right now, which is great to see. I will say the most exciting thing about Carolina Nashville is seeing the fans be excited for playoff hockey because they can actually go to the games. That's all I remember oh, about that That's series true. so far is they, they've had pretty close to as, I guess, as packed of a, a arena you can have these days and the noise in the crowd. I don't think I saw a, really a highlight of the game. I just saw them celebrating at the end with all the fans. That's what I remember. So the Carolina surge. Yeah. Here, Montreal is going to be allowing fans later in the series. Game yeah. six. Yes, we, the optimism. It'll go to later game in six? the series. <laughs> like, I think everyone in Canada is hoping just to see what a crowd looks like in Canada because it's been so long. I really hope it does just for that reason because we need to see what somewhat normalcy, like you said, in Canada would look like. Fortunately, it's just going to be four games. Oh. Montreal is just gonna. Oh. Is that optimism or is that pessimism? Optimism. Come on, I've I've been pessimism. so pessimistic this whole bit, this whole time. I gotta show that I'm a Habs fan. It's gonna be a four game sweep. Price is back. All the injured players are back. It's just like Tampa playing Florida the last two games of the of the regular season. Ta- Florida just mopped the floor with Tampa, but then they got all their injured players back for the first round. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to change the topic. How do we feel about that? Yeah, the convenient <laughs> long injury term just magically freed up $17 million and then poof, they come back. Oh, look at that. We don't have to pay that no money. Rust. No luxury Who known? Do, do we think Incredible. that's fair? Like, I, I know it's the system. You, you can't, they're playing within the system now. That's how long term injury reserve works. And then, you know, you save money on the cap, but they're, they're, it's almost too perfect at this point to have them magically come back for the playoffs. Like, I I don't know if there's something to complain. It just, it it doesn't feel right or authentic, but that they worked everything to the system. That's nothing was illegal. So it's Tampa Bay. They find a way to make everything look great. It's true. It's I, I do think it's taking advantage of the system, not illegally, but it's one of those like, I guess you're allowed to do it. But even as a fan, I'm like that 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 kind of feels scummy in a little way. Um, but fan. on the other hand, it does go to complement Tampa Bay as a team that they could have seventeen million dollars on injury reserve and still finish where they finished, and then be in the spot where you're like, hey. Our two superstars we didn't play with the whole year, we now get to add them to a pretty good team. But it is nice to see them back just from a hockey standpoint. Yes. That's true. It's nice yeah. to watch yeah, them play. Absolutely. Is it just does rub me the wrong way, but yeah. They should have come back earlier. Like I don't if they were healthy enough for game one, are you saying they weren't healthy enough for the last game? <laughs> Yeah, but how many times have we seen teams hold out a guy who could have played the last game or two in the regular season to make sure he's ready for game one of the playoffs? That, I mean, does, does it rub Every, some one way? Sure. Yeah. Does it feel scummy? Maybe. Is it fucking genius? Pardon my language. <laughs> Pure genius. It's true. They Every sport does it. Using the, the collective bargaining agreement to their advantage, and they're doing it well. So, like, good on the organization. 
but like even holding out a, a, a player to prevent injury as a general fan who has no real like tied to the team like I would want to see if I watch a Tampa Bay game I want to see Kucherov if it's game one or the last game just because it's more exciting hockey but it's same thing with rookies sometimes you like bring in a rookie with eight games left or whatever in the regular season so you don't burn that year and I guess we understand it but like boo (laughs) yeah that's 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 my main takeaway too is like okay well you know do other teams do it? Yeah, of course. Uh, there's Riley Nash, for example, didn't play at all for the Leafs uh, at the end of the season. Could have, maybe, who knows? Anderson didn't play um, until like the last couple of games of the season, played one game. Maybe he could have, maybe, maybe he should have actually done more of a conditioning stint. That's a different story. Uh, but there's always going to be some like some cap finagling. And, and that's the problem with, with a system like that, I think it's more a, a question of the system itself being the issue because there GMs have been trying to get around and find loopholes uh, with, you know, the long contracts that uh, they had to cut down to eight years uh, with uh, front loaded bonuses and front loaded everything. And, and like, Oh, crazy cap circumvention that they had to pull back and be like, okay, now we're introducing new roles because the system is flawed. Um, when really we sh- what we should be doing is, having luxury taxes, much like the NBA. And that would actually let other teams be more competitive and have uh, have a more more of an edge on the lower end of the budgets. So, you know, the teams that can't spend to the cap, maybe they get a bit of a bonus uh, in some way from those luxury taxes to help them pay for whatever they need to pay for, salary or whatever. But uh, that's uh, to me, that's more of a question of like, when you have so many rules in a system like this with the, with the salary cap, there are going to be ways that people are going to find to try to, you know, circumvene it, uh, circumvent it. Is that the word? Circumvent. You know, to get around it. So they're going to find loopholes no matter what. This does feel like the first, like, really egregious case of this one in particular. Like, the rookie one, every team does it because every team has rookies. Like, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of, like, I think you alluded to it with the new uh, um, New Jersey um, Kovalchuk's contract. Like when yeah. they really tried to like, they're like, look what we're doing guys. We're extending this like 14 years or whatever it was. And the NHL stepped in and like slapped them a little bit being like, no, we like, that is really circumventing the cap. I don't think what Timber did was as bad, but it's like, it, it, it's entering it's leaning more towards that than like, oh yeah, we're bringing our rookie up or we're doing it a little bit. Here it was like $17 million is a lot of dollars. Yeah. I, I don't think there's, they weren't wrong to do it. It's just, does that need to be closed? There's probably bigger issues. I don't know if this, this case will come up again. It just sort of happened and they're like, why not take advantage of it? In, yeah, a, in a shortened season, I think it's more likely to happen. In an 82-game season, Kucherov, would he agree to not play an entire season? Right. Like, so. That's another thing. Like You're talking about like star competitive players not agreeing to play an entire season. That's, that's asking a lot. Yeah. Really, it is. Yeah, that shortened season definitely played a factor into that. I mean, it looks a little fishy when it's when you put it at like the $17 million, like you said, Adam. Uh but, I mean, every sport kind of does it if you look at it. The last season in the NFL, 
they put the backup quarterback in majority of the game, rest of them in for playoffs. But it does look a little fishy. That's the game. So out of who do we think? Um, I mean, of course, we're, we're, we all know who on this podcast is going to say Montreal is going to win and Toronto is going to win. Um, I, I think we're probably all on agreement that Edmonton should win the series versus Winnipeg. Whether that happens or not, that's why you play the game, as they say. <laughs> Um, but looking at the other series, uh, you know, we're pretty confident Vegas is going to win. That's uh, And at this yeah. point, it's looking like Carolina will probably beat Nashville. Same thing with Colorado. They should beat the Blues. Uh, Penguins Islanders, another one that I guess no one's really talking about, but it's, uh, it's tied 1-1 right now. Do we, do we think the star power that the Penguins still have uh, is enough, or are the upstart, young, high-flying Islanders uh, poised to to send Sidney Crosby home early? Well, don't forget the Islanders. The Islanders swept them just a year or two ago, so I, I, I'm not sure if it's just a case of young, hot start, young upstart, hot high-flying. Remember who their coach is? Barry Trotz, one of the best defensive minds in the game. Uh, outside of maybe Jacques Lemaire and Jacques Martin. Um, and I think this series is too close to call for that one. That's a coin flip in my mind. That's I had that one going seven games right when it was decided that it was going to be those two teams. So I see a seven-gamer there um, You know, to, to take a take a bit of a steal from uh, Proline. It's a pick em. I think I pick Islanders. Is Malcolm back? Just because of uh, goaltending. Malcolm's, Malcolm's back, so yeah, okay. I like really could go either way. If I had to pick yeah. one. So five game series now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I also pick Islanders. Although I, I really do want to see Crosby go on another run before uh he's too old for this. <laughs> I I'm, I love Crosby. Would it not be awesome to see Crosby and Ovechkin go one on one one more time? Oh man. That would it's be like, great. Oh, that'd be great. That's the thing, yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a tight series, Capitals Boston. It's been very, very entertaining. Entertaining the double overtime uh, last night. Um, you know, do <laughs> Ovechkin's not very happy with Samsonov. That's uh, very, very evident. <laughs> uh, do we? Yeah, do we see that one going potentially seven games as well? Might be another goaltending battle where Boston just has the better, the better goalie. In my opinion, I'm going Boston. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm torn with that series. I, I, I'm not a huge Capital or Boston fan. I'm like, it's hard cheering for a team that has Tom Wilson on it, and I feel like no one likes Boston. So I'm just kind of like, whoever wins, hopefully loses to the Islanders. Like, <laughs> honestly, it's such a good matchup, though. For that being a first rounder, you'd think it'd be something like a second or third rounder at least. Mm-hmm. I see that game going too close to call, in my opinion. I mean, it went into what double overtime yesterday. I think games. Like, so many overtime now? games lately. Uh, game two, right? Three. Two in a row. Uh, game four is tomorrow, I believe. Okay, so it's two one tomorrow Boston. or Saturday. It two might... one Boston. 
Yeah. Game, Game two is also yeah. overtime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man. Well, I hope they wear each other down. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of you guys are saying, is I'm not a fan of either these teams and in particular players. Uh, there's, you know, a few rats that we've mentioned, um, <laughs> but I, I can't hate Ovechkin. I, I've, I can definitely have ill feelings towards guys like Crosby for whatever reasons, but for some reason, Ovechkin, I just can't bring myself to dislike him. Uh, the rest of his roster, that's, a, that's a, another story for another hey, day. He's the future goal-scoring leader of the history. I hope so. I actually do I, hope so. I hope so. I think he can pull it off. Yeah, me too. I think it'll. I think he'll do it. So uh, if it goes if, if it goes seven games, just tell Washington don't be up four to one in the third period. <laughs> That's right where they won. The worst I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Never going to bring that one up a little bit. That I was still, the best. I still can't bring myself to watch that. I can't. I have not seen replays or highlights from that game. I can't do it. You didn't watch uh, the game? Oh, I watched the game. I just can't bring myself to rewatch, <laughs> relive any of that. It's so painful. I still get goosebumps watching that game, and I'm, I'm not a fan of either team. I still mm-hmm. get goosebumps from that game. Goosebumps or oh, yeah. some other bodily reaction, I'm sure. <laughs> Family show, guys. <laughs> now, is there any chance that Florida does pull off the upset against the Lightning? Uh, they're down 2-0, but right now they are winning game three, 2-0, and it's almost the end Uh-oh. of the first period. Um, you know, my, was hockey. my heart says I want Florida to win just – because of the you know the story and i like the underdog uh but uh, you know a, a betting man such as myself would be silly not to put you know more of that money on florida or more of that on tampa but then you'll put slight bit on florida so then if florida does win you just recoup all of the money right that's how that works that's math. Florida may win. Sorry about. Sorry, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that's all I got. That's just just plain math, right? Obviously, Florida may win tonight, and I expected them to because they're back on home ice. Uh, they have fans. When, when when a team is down 2-0 and they get back on home ice, they usually win one of them. Uh, I don't see them winning that series. I'm, I I had Tampa called that in five right off the bat. Uh, Tampa's too deep, especially getting Kucherov and Stamkos back. The Panthers have no answer for that consistently. Yeah, I think you're right, Charles. Like, I'd, I'd love to see Florida at least make a little bit of a series about it. Yeah. Maybe win two and make it go to six at least. But I, I definitely pick Tampa over that one. I'm going to call it now. If the series gets to 2-2, Florida's winning. <laughs> oh, that's bold. I like it. You heard it here, folks. And the cojones on this guy. Yeah, this guy. Eh? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> well, I hope you're right, because really, if if I'm looking at it objectively, there's only room for one blue and white team in the playoffs, and it's that's going to be the clear, <laughs> obvious one for me. Um, I might be a little bit salty about that, but that's all good. <laughs> no, there's blue, bleu, blanc, et rouge. T'as oublié ça. So, For those who uh, couldn't see that, I'm pointing to the blue and white on Montreal jersey. There will be blue and white round two. Just add some red into it. What about Colorado? A little burgundy there? They're burgundy. A little burgundy, eh? They're burgundy. 
<laughs> well, as long as there's no subway jerseys going into round two, that's that's all that matters. Uh, worst retro jersey. Uh, now, uh, the draft uh, odds came out for the lottery, which will happen on June the 2nd, so in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, Seattle not playing a game. They get the third best odds. Imagine that. Um, yeah. If they magically somehow get the first overall pick and Buffalo loses again, how much of a conspiracy and how fast uh, does everyone leave Buffalo uh, starting with their superstar? As fast as their uh, season ticket holders not even wanting to go to the games. I don't think there's anything more. Like, even if they get first overall, I don't think that's going to change, like, Eichel's whatever he's feeling towards the team. Like, I, I thought this year was the year that they're like, look, we're going to go for it. And then it just, like, Jesus, did it go bad. Like, so they, they need to salvage something in the offseason. So hopefully, like, for the sake of the fans, if nothing else, I don't know what they can do, though. Well, they've made every mistake possible up till now. Uh, mishandling Eichel's injury, getting almost nothing in return for Hall, which has proven to be a massive mistake. Um, all the way back to not knowing how to spell your own like alumni's names properly or, or having actual legitimate jerseys for them to wear. Um I, I don't think Buffalo has much of a chance for the next couple of years. They need they need to do a lot of work to really regain some of the trust from their fan base and from whatever players are still left. Um, I don't even think Reinhardt's going to be around. He's not even like one of, you know, he's not the top billing guy that you're talking about. We're talking about Eichel. Eichel's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone. And they're not going to be able to get a good return for him, most likely. Dolene, yeah. Just a line in. Yeah, all the Rasmuses. And I, I will I will just note, Ottawa does not have the best Canadian odds because they didn't finish last. So I know. Take you that, haters. <laughs> Take that. Ottawa was like the third best team in Canada for the last half of the season, probably. Yeah. If Ottawa so. didn't get swept by Edmonton, like they had good to decent records against everyone and Edmonton just like destroyed them every time they played like it was crazy how many points I mean McDavid put up points against everyone but I think he had like 20 plus points against Ottawa alone it was crazy so yeah those I think if, I think if Ottawa won four of those matches they actually would have uh, knocked Montreal out of the playoff spot had the rest of the season played the way it did yeah, if we didn't start out how the season started and we played how we've been playing the last back half, we would have been able to contend for that last spot. It how would that, how awesome would that be, eh? Toronto versus Ottawa. Oh. Oh. That would have been That's pretty amazing. That's a historic matchup right there. Yeah. And, and I, I think I said it before, maybe on the last podcast or, or in conversation with, uh, with Justin, um, if Ottawa had played the same way against every other team that they played against Toronto, I think they would have, they would have been in a, in a situation, uh, in the situation where Montreal is instead. 
is just typical of a Senators fan to bring up the Senators in a playoff playoff <laughs> podcast where they're not even in the playoffs. But they weren't last. I think. But they weren't point. last. That's they could they have been. The it could have been better. The draft. <laughs> I mean, hands up, everybody here who thought Otto was going to be in the basement at the end of the season, and I'm, my hand is going to go right yeah, up there. I, thought I definitely thought so. Behind. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Nope. I, I, I made love the bold the, I love the team though. In our in our season preview, I said they're going to get the fourth, and everyone's like, oh. and then they started off horribly, and everyone's like, you're crazy. No, yeah. people are just kind of like, well, I guess I see what you saw, but you were a little bit of a homerism, maybe. But at least people now saw what I saw, and kind of were like, um, yeah, maybe maybe you're not so uh, cuckoo bananas, so. I appreciate. Yeah, well, there's the right pieces are in place. I think the Ottawa has a lot of the right pieces in place uh, for longevity. Uh, just this season, uh, what pretty what well team, sold that they were out of it. What team is in the most trouble when it comes to the expansion draft? Is there a team that is vulnerable? Would a Tampa right. because they have so many pieces that they're evidently going to lose? someone of importance because they can't protect everyone that's the struggle of having so many key players oh, on they're the also team. 17 million dollars over the cap at the moment they're <laughs> going to have to do something <laughs> yeah that expansion draft will actually probably do them a favor yeah um i mean they've been trying desperately to get rid of tyler johnson who's not a bad player Maybe his contract's a bit inflated but he's not a bad player by any means i actually thought ottawa should have taken him on waivers um Kind of a second chance this expansion draft for some players. It happened in Vegas. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Oh, Marcia so Carlson. So, many, so yeah. many players in Vegas reinvented themselves. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck. Oh man, love him. God, he's he's amazing. Great player. He was on my fantasy team. Best uh, best waiver pickup of the year. We drafted a Tuck. I think his brother, the Habs. Yes, we did. Yes. So they didn't get Alex. They got Suzuki instead. Mm-hmm. So now they, they redeem themselves for another tuck. That's true. I am now, curious on how Seattle's going to go because look at Vegas came in and just wreaked havoc on the league and got the pick of a lot. You'd think there'd be no pressure on the expansion team, but now because of Vegas, Seattle's going to be expected to be right out of the gate just as good, maybe. When you play at the oh, climate yeah. change arena, you know, you're bound to make <laughs> waves. So <laughs> Nice. Nice. And the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to have to do a expansion draft special on, is it still July 15th or July 12th? That's the, the date of the... Yeah. Uh, I think it's mid, moved mid, around mid a July. couple of, Yeah. So look out for that, uh, that uh, podcast. I guess it, we're going to have to do it live and the audience True. can join in. Um, now, last point before uh, the game time, because Puck's coming... Uh, the world championships oh are going ahead. Uh, how do you guys feel about uh, the Team Canada roster? Uh, is anyone going to be paying attention to, like normal? If uh, you know, sometimes people pay attention to the world championships. Uh, are you guys going to be watching? What uh, What do you guys expect out of the 2021 World Championships? It's going to be tough to watch with the time differential. A lot of the games will be mid afternoon, so for us here in North America, we're all going to be working through most of them. I'll watch, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming I speak for most of us when I say watch when I can, when I have days off, but I'll, I'll definitely watch. I mean, I, you, you got to rep your country. You got to support your boys wherever they go. 
It's a young roster, a lot of speed. I want to see uh, what's his name there, Owen Power, projected yeah. number one overall draft pick. I want to see what this kid's really capable of against grown men. What a name! God, the name alone is a number one pick overall. <laughs> Owen? Power. Yeah, I don't know. Owen. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's power. the one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Owen Nolan. All the greats you give him. Owen Hart's my guy. Owen Hart. Um, there you go. That's, that's old school. Um, yeah, I mean, Cole Perfetti is going to be pretty interesting to watch, too. I mean, there's a lot of young guys on the team um working remotely hopefully my employer's not listening but i'll probably have it in the background uh in place of a podcast most likely um definitely going to be watching but my instinctual reaction to the question was almost entirely indifferent which is not necessarily fair but that speaks more to where my allegiance is i know for uh sense fans it'll probably be like some of the only interesting hockey and cheering for a team in red um it's going to be your only choice so um i guess that's uh the way to go but i'll have a different leaf on my mind uh when i'm watching hockey this year i'm always slightly indifferent i guess to the world championship it comes when the playoffs are exciting and even like you look at the roster and you're like, oh yeah, like some of the players are on teams that are out of the playoffs, but then there's, I don't know. You, you look at it and you're like, I'm just looking at it now. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you were Canadian or like that's our <laughs> like It's just such a or step rolling down the D squad or like those type of tournaments where I try and keep tabs on it when it goes on, like because it'll come across my news feed, but I don't go out of my way for it. I'll definitely have it on in the background um, while I work still. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I'm excited to see the up and comers and see how they really, like you guys said it, play against grown men in a tournament like that. Well, yeah, the tournament gets underway, uh, I believe, starting tomorrow, or I guess the 21st. So when this, when you listen to this, uh, it'll be the day that the tournament starts. Um, are they do? I I haven't read anywhere. Are they doing the? Uh, are they keeping everyone up? Like, there's no relegation this year, like they kind of did with the World Juniors, or are they doing that this year? Everything I've seen says no relegation this year. I could be mistaken, but I haven't seen anything regarding relegation at all. I assume it's going to be the same. So, yeah, May 21st to June the 6th, which is a a very long tournament. It seems a lot longer than normal, but that, uh, uh, you know, do do we expect more players to be added or is this the set schedule you know how sometimes people go when their team is bounced out of the first round i don't I think that's this year, year. yeah, not this year. yeah cool. you're not allowed to go very far these days yeah what you're not it might be a there might be a quarantine or something like i i assume there's there'd be travel restrictions and even if not there'd be like maybe some pr backlash if someone's like oh and now suddenly i'm flying to Latvia, Latvia. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe for a a, a European um, that gets bounced up from the playoffs, but I just don't see any particular Canadians. I don't think any 
uh, Canadians that get bounced from the playoffs in the, in the early first round will uh, will join the, the Canadian squad. I don't think there's a need for it. That's, uh, completely understandable. Uh, you know, this weekend's going to be jam-packed. We got uh, both Canadian series started. Playoffs uh, seemingly starting, you know, mid-afternoon these days. Uh, good thing about the first round. Eurovision is this weekend. Uh, I know everyone's psyched for Eurovision. Uh, and the World Hockey Championships all getting started. Uh, we managed to end on time so our dear friends don't have to depart uh, and or be you know, distracted. And we get yells when goals scored i know i put in a bet that both teams will score in the first period so i wish both teams at least score one goal in the first period so someone profits uh, a whole 14 dollars more for me i'm a big spender i know uh but thank you all for joining us good luck uh, i guess final thoughts uh final four who makes it to the final four? Oh. Habs, Habs, like Habs or Habs and Habs, Habs to Habs and any other team that rhymes with that. But <laughs> what do we got? I'll go Tampa, Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Montreal. Oh, Pittsburgh! I'll say Habs, uh, Islanders, Tampa. I don't know. Edmonton. I, I won't get in the middle of this rivalry. Edmonton. <laughs> I'll go Edmonton, Carolina, uh, Vegas, and Colorado. Wait, Vegas and Colorado? Oh, Colorado. A bit, yeah. Sorry, Colorado and Boston. Uh, Ooh, okay. I didn't really choose that kind of made joke, but I'll say Habs and abs i'll stick with that uh <laughs> carolina i some from some reason i think they'll beat florida or tampa um oh, oh no boston no if i if if i'm wrong i'll take it because it means boston's not in there <laughs> That, that's a good, you know, reverse psychology, you know. Oh, I Boston yeah. all the way. Yeah. Oh, no, they're out. Whoopsies. Sorry about that. I mean, the NHL simulator did predict Boston winning. How often oh, are they nasty. right? Curiosity. Anyone? Uh, no, I, I, no I don't think the math is with them. I think their math is just <laughs> like mine. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, Edmonton. I'm going to go Carolina for the underdog. Uh, I'm going to go the Capitals and I'm going to go the Avalanche just there. It's hard to pick against Vegas, but I think this is Colorado's year. I'm going to say Colorado wins, wins it all. They're, they're strong. It's, they've been so close and, you know, as weird of a year last year was this year is just as strange and why not have a team that, you know, is always up there finally get their ring. So the next year when fans are allowed, uh, you know, our teams can totally win because we'll be able to watch them. <laughs> I have a legitimate abs fan says if they win the cup this year, I'll get an abs tattoo. So I really am rooting for the abs as well, all the way. There we go. So thank you uh, everyone for joining. I'll let you go. So, uh, you know, probably singing the anthem or whatever. Now, thank you oh, yeah. for that eight minute buffer after, uh, 
after the the half the halfway through so uh thank you all for coming uh share i should say we have a couple of contests we have a sponsor uh draft apparel is our new sponsor and we're going to be having a giveaway uh you're going to be able to uh win some apparel uh, a few hats of this new company so thank you so much for uh hopping on the podcast follow our social media sports tonight podcast on facebook instagram to find out uh, how you can win. We will be starting that next week after the holiday because it's a holiday here in Canada. I know America, it's the the weekend after. Sorry, I didn't make the the calendar. Uh, But so next Tuesday, we will announce how to win uh, some apparel from Draft Apparel. Go like them. I'm going to say you're going to have to like them on their social media, Draft Apparel Co. on Facebook and Instagram. Go give them a follow. And... uh, We have our NFL draft hat giveaway that ends tomorrow night, May 21st at the end. So uh, on social media, let us know how your team drafted. Give them a great lever and we'll uh, see who wins that. Thank you so much. We're uh, running out of time. Thank you again. I can't say thank you more enough. I've been talking, blabbing. Uh, Keep safe. Watch a lot of sports this weekend. Watch Eurovision. Go Iceland and uh, sport on.